live from Springfield, Ohio, it's Voices in My Head, the official podcast of Rick James. I am Rick Lee James, and you're listening to Voices in My Head. If you hear this voice today, do not turn in the window. Welcome back, listeners, to another episode of Voices in My Head. This is episode number 38, and my guest today is Jeff Pinkleton. I could not be happier to have Jeff on the show. He's been a friend of mine for several years, and he works with an organization called The Gathering, which is a men's ministry group, and uh, I'm excited to to get to play this interview for you. There was a a lot of, um, let's say, oh, maybe operator error, I don't know, that happened uh, with this podcast because... Uh, unlike what I do down here in the studio, I actually took my little um, portable recorder, my Tascam, and we sat at my table upstairs and talked. And in the course of the interview, I had to stop recording uh, twice. I think we had three different recordings that actually happened, which you'll hear a little bit of. Some of it I was able to edit out, some of it I wasn't, and I give you fair warning when that happens. But I think what happened first was um, I ran out of memory and then I ran out of batteries, and so we had to like start and stop the interview like three times. And because of that, when we actually get to the interview, um, some of the volume is a little bit uneven. I did my very best to even that out, but just wanted to let you know in advance, uh, sorry, because uh, it really is a good interview with good content, and you actually can hear everything very well. Um, it's just a little uneven in places, but I appreciate Jeff being on the show. Going to tell you more about that in just a few minutes. Uh, got a, a lot of uh, stuff that's been happening here in my life lately. Um, we're still getting ready for the arrival of the new male James that's coming into the world. Uh, our little boy is going to be born in January. So, uh, And it's funny because it seems like I'm, I'm getting all these um, requests for concert bookings or speaking engagements like right around the time... Uh, when our baby is going to be born and uh, not before not after but like right then and so I don't know if people know that the baby's coming they're like hey maybe if we do this he'll act like you know we'll act like we want him to speak or play but really can't so anyway let me tell you what's going on Um, it's been an exciting year Uh, it really has been Um, the podcast has been great. I can't believe we're as far in as we already are. Uh, as I record this right now, I'm preparing actually to uh, have a second interview with, with Brian Zahn. Uh, just finished his book, Beauty Will Save the World, and next week he's the guest on the show. And so in just maybe 25, 30 minutes from the time that I'm recording this, I'm going to be uh, switching and, and doing a phone conversation with him for the podcast. has some great things to say, and I'm looking forward to picking his brain a little bit, especially in this political season about what it means to be a Christian in the middle of uh, such a crazy culture with all the politics and the politicking that goes on right now. But the podcast has been a great opportunity for me to have great conversations, and uh, those of you that have been listening for a while, uh, you were there in the beginning when we had conversations with Michael Card, and we've had Jason Gray, and Andrew Peterson, and Andrew Osenga, and uh, Brian Zahn, who I already mentioned, Sarah Groves, Eddie Kirkland, Trip York, Brandon Hancock, Brandon Sipes, who we've had a lot of... of, uh, 
requests for back on the show, so I'm hoping to get Brandon back on really soon. Uh, but I want your ideas. Um, help me because I want to know who you want me to have conversations with. Honestly, there's so many people that I'd like to seek out, but it takes a lot of time and energy and effort, and I'd like to know who you're interested in. So let me tell you a couple ways that you can tell me how you want um, to notify me or, or how you can tell me who you'd like to hear from. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter. Um, the Voices in My Head podcast Twitter page is simply found at Voices in My Head P. So if you go there and follow that, you're going to be following this podcast on Twitter. Uh, we've had a lot of new followers uh, since I created that a few weeks ago, uh, and I'm grateful. You can also, uh, through Facebook, at the Voices in My Head the Rick Lee James Podcast Facebook page. Um, you can go on there and send me messages. You can also email me, rljames29 at yahoo.com. And um, I appreciate all of the uh, support and the feedback and everything. Uh, so feel free to email me. I'd love to hear from you. I'd love to hear what you think. And if you're enjoying the show, uh, please go to iTunes and leave a positive review, um, especially if you're not donating any money to help keep this on the air. It is kind of an expensive endeavor for me at times. Um, so if you could leave a review, review on iTunes. I mean, it, maybe it'll take a minute of your time to do that. I would really appreciate it. Um, so that's it for now as far as uh, podcasts and how you can help out. But I want to get people on that you want to hear from. Um, Basement Psalms was a big success. I'm hearing back from the audio engineer, John Finney. We're going to be getting together very soon to go over and kind of listen for the final mix and the cuts. So I'm excited to not only present to you uh, my very first live album on CD, but it looks like we're also going to be able to get a live DVD from it thanks to Media Explosion and the five-camera shoot that we did. So look for Basement Psalms in the near future, uh, maybe around the holidays. I think that's a little bit optimistic, though, but we'll see however uh, that all comes together. Uh, but you can, for the holidays, go to CD baby.com look up Rickley James and I'm keeping my albums at 499 downloads there and if you want to buy those for somebody in your family um, that'd be great um, there's all kinds of different musical styles this past week um, itickets.com uh, did one of my songs as a free download of the week and it got like I think it was like uh, 3,300 downloads or something like that quite a lot and it was one of my songs it's actually the one that's the intro of this podcast if you hear his voice today um, it's quite different than almost anything else I recorded so there's a lot of different styles of music on there so no matter who it is in your family if you want to help out the podcast great way to do that maybe buy some music uh, for a friend or family member for a Christmas gift this year Christmas is just around the corner um, what else can I say before I go on? Got some concerts coming up. You can go to rickleyjames.com and find out more about that. But I know what you really want to talk about today because uh, you've been writing in on the Voices in My Head Facebook page for that ever-popular segment, Question of the Week. Question of the Week. As always, the Question of the Week can be answered on the Voices in My Head, the Rickley James podcast. Pass, pa, pa, easy for me to say. On, let's try that again. It can be answered on the Voices in My Head, the Rick Lee James Podcast Facebook page. Uh, you can also answer it at rickleyjames.com or go to voicesinmyheadpodcast.com. And uh, you can also call in your answer. Still waiting on those audio answers to come in at 937-505-0162. That's 937 505 
I'm even giving out prizes because I want to get that audio line going because I, I literally want to hear from you, not just your typing. I want to hear your voices and be able to put you on the podcast. So my question for this week, because uh, Clint Eastwood was kind of a hot topic there for a while, and I asked Jeff this question because the day we recorded Jeff's interview was the day right after the Republican National Convention, and Clint Eastwood gave that speech. So I thought uh, a perfect question would be, what is your favorite Clint Eastwood movie and why? And so Jeff had a good answer about that. And the answers that you brought in, um, Tony James said, probably hang them high for movies, but I like Rawhide, the TV show, better. And Matthew Cole, he wrote in and said, I love the movie Gran Torino, just a great story of redemption. However, if it were actually Clint Eastwood doing his own voice in Rango, I would have went with that. I didn't quite make it through Rango. I, we started watching that and didn't finish it, so maybe one day I'll get back to it. But uh, for me, let me let me answer question of the week because I love Clint Eastwood. Um, probably on any given day, I might say Gran Torino because I think it's just a brilliant film. But realistically, I. I Having just recently watched again Million Dollar Baby, that has so many complex issues in that film uh, that are are dealt with very delicately, and um, it it shows maybe a little bit of a softer side of Clint Eastwood, even though he's actually kind of a a hardened boxer type person. But I like the character that he plays in that movie, and I like how they deal with um, just these very difficult questions about you know when is it okay to to pull the plug and and you know when is it okay when does does life really stop being life for a person and um but also um letters from iwo jima amazing movie so i it would be between those three i guess that's my trinity of of clint eastwood movies that i think are amazing or letters from iwo jima uh, grand torino and million dollar baby but uh, I do like Clint Eastwood a lot. Looking forward to seeing his his new movie with Amy Adams whenever that comes out. Uh, we didn't have so many answers for Question of the Week this week, so um, hopefully next week we'll have a few more. Maybe there weren't that many Clint fans uh, out there. Uh, this week, because I know Brian's on, my guest next week is a huge fan of music. Last time we asked him about uh, a Bob Dylan question. Well, this time, Question of the Week is going to be who is your favorite band from the 1960s? Who is your favorite band from the 1960s? Make sure you answer that question, and we will bring it to you on Question of the Week. Thanks again for being a part and, I guess, playing this game called Question of the Week. Question of the Week. Well, my guest today is Jeff Pinkleton. I've known Jeff longer than just about anybody in this community that I live in. I can't believe that I'm coming up on 11 years living here in Springfield, Ohio, the saddest city in America. We have documented proof in newspapers and polls and everything else. I don't see it personally, but uh, Jeff has been a, a friend for a long time. He's got such a heart for ministry. Uh, he is the most amazing networker I have ever seen in my life. I honestly can go miles from here. Um, I can walk into just about any restaurant in Springfield, just about any store. I could go to the library. I could go to Kroger. Uh, I could go to Target. I could uh, walk into any of those, probably ask a random person, hey, do you know Jeff Pinkleton? And I'll bet about 50% of the time they're going to say, oh, yeah, Jeff, how do you know Jeff? Uh, he's just one of those guys that um, – 
the Lord has gifted him with networking. I guess I should say it that way. And uh, he's always been a good friend to me and to so many people. And as a matter of fact, he has so many relationships. I don't know how he keeps them all straight, um, but he is definitely a, a respected man in our community. Um, he loves sports. Uh, I couldn't be more opposite on that front. I don't know anything about sports. Sometimes I wish I did. My wife knows a lot more, and uh, every Saturday she loves watching the Buckeyes. But I digress. That has nothing to do with our conversation today. Jeff has a real heart for men, and he has a real heart to see men connect with each other and connect with the Lord. And that's what we're going to talk about today, his involvement in a movement called The Gathering. And uh, it's a great organization. It does a lot to connect men with other men and build relationships. And uh, I think you're going to find that Jeff has a lot of interesting things to say. So I'm going to stop talking and go straight to my conversation with Jeff Pinkleton. Again, sorry about some of the uneven volumes. And uh, also sorry because Jeff is always busy and does all this networking. And for the first part of the interview, (laughs) at least his iPhone was sitting on the table and uh, it was on vibrate, but it sounded like a buzzer was going off because it was just constantly getting messages in on his phone. So Anyway, here's my interview with the great Jeff Pinkleton. The Gathering USA is a movement begun by John Tolson in 1978. It participates with the church in mobilizing Christian men towards spiritual maturity and to reaching out to non-Christians. It's a ministry of evangelism, discipleship, and missions opportunities. For over 20 years, the gathering has been a point of connection for many spiritually flat or disinterested men caught in the pressures of contemporary life. My guest today is the executive director of the Gathering of Miami Valley and one of my oldest friends in this community. It's my pleasure to welcome Jeff Pinkleton to Voices in My Head. How was that for an introduction? Uh, man, I'm All right. pumped. I'm like, why don't you start right now for me, and I'll use that when I go meet okay. people for the first time. That, was, that got the job done. If if you hear this, uh, what sounds like a buzzer in the background. Is that my phone? Jeff's phone is vibrating. <laughs> <laughs> it's all right. We can just hold it up for a second. Stephen Curtis Chapman. Is that Stephen Curtis Chapman? Did he Stephen now Curtis get back Chapman to you? No. calling you? Okay. I don't know who that is. So, <laughs> tell you what, I'm going to put it down here. And it won't make as much noise That's on the right. carpet. So, anyway, uh, Jeff is, as I said before, one of my oldest friends in this community. I've lived here in Springfield almost 11 years now. Wow. 11 years Tennessee's in Tennessee's loss. And uh, it's, uh, I, I met you, one of the very first people I met when I moved to town. Wow. You were nice enough. And we'll talk more about that in a minute. But every week, my listeners know, we do Question of the Week. And last night, and actually by the time you listen to this, listeners, it's going to be a couple weeks down the road. But last night, from when we're recording this, was the Republican National Convention, and Clint Eastwood came out and uh, gave this speech that got people happy or mad or whatever. I don't know. Maybe they just a lot of emotion. He, maybe they just thought he looked a little drunk. I don't know what happened exactly. But my question of the week this week is: Do you have a favorite Clint Eastwood movie? What movie is it, and why? Well, I've only, even sad. I've only seen I think two of his movies, and it would be. Was it any which way you can or every which way but loose? There was one. There were a couple. I think there's two of them that are that. Yeah, I saw to that. one of them with the chimp monkey, yeah. whatever. <laughs> and, I, and I definitely kind of remember, but I'm a little bit more vague. So I'll, I'll have to say Gran Torino, and okay. uh, he was he was definitely good in that, and it was yeah. Clint being Clint, and and yeah. as an old, you know, what's nice about that movie is as an older guy in that movie, as he is now, obviously we all get older every day. Um, 
I think just the fact that he still got the Clint Eastwood thing, yeah. and he was still tough, and yet he was yeah. kind of vulnerable, and there was the older man side of him. He kind of balanced yeah. that well, and you definitely see how he's got to be where he has through that movie particularly. Yeah. Well, oh, and the race dynamics. Um, yeah, that movie is quite amazing, I think. If you can get past some of the, the language, a lot of my listeners uh, probably don't watch R-rated movies, but uh, I think it's a worthy one if you're going to watch yeah. one. It's not necessarily for kids, but, man, it's it's really... Uh, I always say at the end of that film, I always think of uh, the scripture passage, there's no greater love than this, that a man would lay down his life. Yeah. And uh, I just... Yeah, I remember sitting in the theater just being brought to tears at the end of that movie just because the the, the gospel, I felt like, was in some ways portrayed through the weakness of this human being who was extremely fallible. And yeah. Anyway, we've talked about that on the show before. But, yeah, it's got yeah. a little bit of like a, a Robert Duvall, was it the Apostle? Was yeah, he, he was in? something like that. Yeah, yeah. Where he, he was very flawed. He was a pastor, but he was very, very flawed. And... Of course, I always liked the one where he was the, uh, he was the cowboy that was the preacher, too, that came to town and... I don't know if you ever I've saw that one. That one yeah, I, I <laughs> Hail Rider, I think so. Okay. But anyway, quite a diverse guy. Well, we're not really here to discuss Clint Eastwood today, as much fun as that would be. Everybody else is going to discuss him today. That's anyway, right. So. so, And we're going to be like three weeks late once this podcast comes out, so we're not exactly Well, you'll bring some laughs to people who've right. forgotten about it by that time. So. At this point, we'll see what happens. Maybe at this point, Romney will have dropped out, and Clint Eastwood is running for president now. Maybe so. And, uh, we'll, we'll or they will switch, that... since some people are wanting Paul Ryan instead of... Romney, so. Maybe, you never know. <laughs> maybe it'll go the other way. But we're really here actually to talk about the gathering today, and I thought maybe we would do this. And I'm watching closely because the battery on my recorder is like a one bar, so I'm, I want to make sure we don't run out of battery. Um, but you and I met when I moved to Springfield um, back in, I came here in November of 2001. And... Uh, I just can't believe it's been that long ago now, or that 2001 has been that long ago. Time flies. Uh, but it was literally just not long after um, after the 9-11 had happened. And so I, oh, wow. I, I flew out here on an empty plane. It was a huge plane, and there was like three people on it for my interview. And uh, I came out and was youth pastor at First Church of the Nazarene, where I'm still music minister part-time. Um, but anyway, you were one of the first people in the community. You called me up and welcomed me, and that was your thing. You were working with uh, Springfield Youth Ministries here in town, mm-hmm. and uh, so I always appreciated that. I think we went to what's now Un Mundo Coffee House, but at the time, wow. at the time, what was it then? It was uh, it was Steve, uh, Java Steve, House. Java House. Steve uh, Barnes. Steve Barnes. Yep. Yeah. So uh, been through a lot of things, and you've been in Springfield much longer than I have, but. But we both um, have the Tennessee tie. That's the important. That's thing. right. Ties to Tennessee. I just got Volunteer back. State. Yeah, I just got back from Nashville. It was a great trip. You were close to heaven. I was. I was very close to heaven. Um, and I in West Virginia they call that almost heaven. And I spent a lot of time there this summer. I still don't see it. But you know, it's it's beautiful. West Virginia has its parts. I it's mean, beautiful. It's, it's underrated. Most people would never think anything of it, but it's got some parts. But I, I kind of agree with Jim Gaffigan though. If heaven is only just a little better than West Virginia, I don't know if it's you know I don't know if that's very good advertisement. But if you heaven. say something about Jim Gaffigan, you have to refer to Hot Pockets. Right? <laughs> that's right, Hot Pockets. Um, well, you started. Uh, I mean, I don't know what your background was initially. I know when I met you, you were working with Springfield Youth Ministries here in town. What was your before that? I just want to get like a quick uh, I worked at Urbana University for about four years recruiting students to good old UU. And uh, I was a sports writer for about four years. Worked at um, what's what's now Key Bank. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, of course, long-time volunteer, young left leader. Mm-hmm. 
<clears throat> so worked with high school kids and then junior high for a long time. Sure. And that was what you were doing uh, when I came along. Yeah. And then... Well, people um, still think... You know, I've had two people in the last week come up to me saying, how are things going with kids on the west side of Springfield? I'm like, well, why don't you ask Faith Boslin? <laughs> That's right. She could tell you I can't because that was you know, four yeah. and a half years ago. And Faith's doing a great job. She is. But nice how, shout out for the Boslins. That's Good. right. Um, how long ago has it been since you started with The Gathering, though? January 1 of uh, 2008. Okay, 2008. That's around the time I started traveling and doing yeah. music and writing. That's and true. I think all. we left youth ministry about so the same time. we kind of had this, you know, different paths we were going down and um, and actually that was when I was a broken person. I was going through my divorce and just, I remember you being a good friend that was there to listen and there to encourage and help and uh, and here I am now. Uh, well, you were a great testimony to a lot of people back then being real through all that. So Yeah, well it was, it was so hard but people, people really you know, we're lifting me up and helping me through it. So you authenticated stuff. the faith to well, lots. I appreciate that. But around that time, God started moving and shaking some things in your life, and you had been uh, a part with, uh, really, with the Nehemiah Foundation mm-hmm. in some ways here in town, and working with Springfield Youth Ministries, and you started being led to the gathering. And uh, a lot of my listeners may not know what the gathering is, and that's why I want to talk about this today. But what initially, maybe tell me some of the steps that led you to this organization. Well, I think to kind of use the term cause versus the actual name of the the organization or ministry being a gathering, I was Mm -hmm. um, really just kind of having a tug on my heart to uh, reach and think about and see where ministry was there for professional guys. Mm -hmm. Um, I remember a couple guys telling me uh, probably at various points in 2007 that they noticed when I would get together with them uh, talking about kids and what was going on in the lives of some of our kids from Clark and Schaefer <clears throat> seemed almost second nature, or it was very secondary to me talking about either board members of mine or donors or people, uh, guys, and what God was doing in our life. And uh, that kind of triggered a thought, like, wow, I guess I am kind of doing that. And then uh, you mentioned Nehemiah. I was at the Nehemiah Foundation um, lunch in May. I think it was like May 25th of 2007. Larry Crabb was speaking and a guy just really dealt with me that that, uh, that day about, um, he, he basically started speaking to me saying, you know, you're replaceable. And this is, you know, most guys like me, probably you, get a little, want to do a little business with God and say, okay, I don't need that. Stroke my ego more than that. And you can replace me, sure, but I'm not here to have you tell me that. And yeah. God kind of kept saying that. And I'm thinking, all right, God, put up the Dukes. What's up with this? And uh, he, he had me look across the room um, during that lunch and I just noticed all the guys in that room and thinking about who I wanted to, to meet up with afterwards. And he said, whose primary objective is to reach these guys for Christ? Hmm. Didn't have to think or pray long about that. I knew the answer was nobody. Hmm. And um, so over the next several months, any combination of things happened, but meet with some, several key guys in the community who I knew understood me, understand Springfield, and were very spiritually mature and kind of asking where they thought that was a real need, a niche, uh, something that was not happening. And... Uh, Everybody agreed, and people were like, I think it's the greatest need in Springfield. Mm. <clears throat> and then through that process, a couple of people had mentioned Harvey Hook, who ran the Columbus Gathering, and said, hey, why don't you check out what they're doing and maybe go meet him?" And he and I went to breakfast uh, in Columbus. He invited me to Orlando to go to their big national conference. I went, kind of expected the door to shut on that trip in November. Um, I'd already resigned in September from Skim, just seeing the handwriting on the wall that mm-hmm. I kind of flirted so to speak, with this other thing for a while. And 
you know, knew my heart had kind of left, not totally left kids, but it was yeah. definitely moving more that direction of men. And definitely. you go back and do something that's now kind of secondary in heart and passion and, and um, what God's doing and uh, resigned not knowing what was going on. We had a kid on the way, mm. which was a bit fun to talk to my wife about, but yeah. she was great. She said, okay, you're, you know, then follow that, resign. Mm. And I thought she'd say, what about the insurance? You don't have anything. Yeah. Nothing's guaranteed. And, you know, I tell you, you know, you hear people say a lot that God, you go through a door until God closes it or God keeps opening doors. Yeah. In my case, I say it was a matter of the door just kept getting wider and wider and wider. Mm. So on some level, I got a lot of encouragement that I was taking this great leap of faith. But, mm. I mean, ultimately, it became pretty clear. Yeah. So I don't know how much it was faith versus I'm a knucklehead if I don't see it. So <laughs> jumped Definitely. in and then God provided and, um, you know. It's been crazy ever since. Yeah. Well, and something that you don't know if uh, if you're not from this community, you probably have not met Jeff before. But then at the same time, maybe you have because I feel like everywhere I go, almost everybody I talk to knows Jeff. And you're really good at networking and being with men. And I, I think that's why, not just men, with anybody really, but I think your ministry is, is very good with um, just reaching out, being with men. Like I said, when I first moved to town, didn't know anybody. You were one of the first people that reached out to me, and then I found all these connections through the uh, youth ministry network that was there at the time, which you were instrumental in being a part of. Great memories of that thing. Yeah, there was some some good stuff going on. So, um, you know, basically I was leaving youth ministry around the same time you were leaving youth ministry, and I still remember that feeling. It's not like your your heart for kids has left, but it's just like this, there's a door that opens somehow. Yeah, it's like just because God calls you to something now doesn't mean you're necessarily called to that the rest of your life. And he well, might open something. And you know, so I think that's an interesting point to even stay on for a moment. I think I, when I talk to Stephen Mansfield, hopeful future guest on Rick's podcast, yes, um, something he said yesterday that really struck a chord with me. He said that uh, we were talking about sacrifice, and when he comes to our breakfast in October, I think he might hit on that some. And what does it mean in our country right now to sacrifice? He said that so often we look at sacrifice as you're just giving something up. Mm-hmm. He goes, you look at it biblically. Whenever you give something up with sacrifice, you're getting something else. Yeah. And I think we forget that God does that. And I think for you know both of us, you know, whatever we sacrifice, you know, is not something we necessarily look to do. Yeah. But then God takes you into something else. And for me, and probably for you too, it's it's a matter of uh, where is there a need that's not being met. And uh, if I had any musical ability whatsoever. I would have followed your lead and gone and done some music, but <laughs> since I have no musical ability, I couldn't do that. So. We were just about to talk some about some of the things that the gathering does, because I know that you have, uh, you already mentioned uh, breakfast that's coming up, and you have great speakers, and um, I, I played at a prayer breakfast, I know that you did one time uh, with some men, and that may not have been for the gathering, actually. I don't remember. You've done so many different things. I don't know. You have such a great memory. I'll trust whatever you say and believe it is gospel. Uh, but tell us about some of the activities that the gathering offers to men. Well, I would say, I guess I'll answer this two different ways. I'll talk about two of the things we do on an annual basis and then a couple of the regular things that happen all the time we do. Um, we're kind of known for um, large events to some people. Uh, and those break down typically two ways. One is um, uh, typically we have two breakfasts a year. We'll bring in kind of a known or, in most cases, not so known Christian. They would be known from the standpoint that they're a celebrity type, uh, famous in, in some arena. Mm-hmm. And, oh, by the way, they love Jesus and they're mm-hmm. going to share their testimony. You know, we brought in Jeff Strucker from Black Hawk Down, Michael Franzese, who's an author, TV guy. He's hosted shows on a and There's a movie being made about his life. He was a former top mob boss 
They had a ranking system like in People Magazine or something. He was ranked like 14th. Wow. Two behind John Gotti. So he's, he was big in that arena and then came to Christ and, and uh, was a totally changed man. His 90-some-year-old father just came to Christ uh, about six months ago. Wow. Um, Clark Kellogg, Todd Blackledge, uh, U.S. Senate Chaplain Barry Black. Hmm. Um, and then we've got Stephen Mansfield, who's an author, Fox, CNN you know, commentator here and there, yeah. uh, has a number of books out. He's coming October 11th, working on trying to get Chris Spillman next spring from – Buckeye world and obviously the James cancer, all that kind of deal that, that he does with cancer since his wife fought a long, hard, about a decade battle with cancer. Um, and then we have a lunch series. It kind of ties and it's smaller. It's more regional speakers, but like we have one of those coming up September 7th, 14th, 21st, 28th. And we'll bring in either like a pastor. I'm speaking this time. We've mm-hmm. got the, the guy who runs the two Beaver Creek Chick-fil-A's, Jason Ramsey, and then Mark, uh, or excuse me, Bobby Heil, who is the senior pastor at Southgate? Nice. So those are just those are really good because you get 40, 40 or so guys that come on a Friday afternoon. Bankers, mortgage planners, mm-hmm. small business owners who sure. Friday comes, they kind of want to get out early, go play golf, do something. And oh, by the way, I didn't reach my networking goals for this week. And hey, here's a lunch where you'll be around forty other people. So right. um, those are good. Um, and then our probably more consistent regular thing that a lot of people resonate with is our what's called locker rooms, pretty mm-hmm. similar to small groups. Uh, we just had, was it our 15th or 16th group started this week? Next week we have another new one, so we'll be up to, almost, we're getting close to 20 uh, groups that meet around the county. Um, we got one in Dayton, we're hopefully getting about, we'd love to pray for about another half dozen in Dayton. Mm-hmm. Um, and they typically meet every two weeks going through a book. Guys who are all over the place spiritually, place in life, age, churches, um, but it's very community focused, and guys really yeah. kind of eat that up, chew that up. And then yeah. two other things we do annually that are kind of neat on both ends of the spectrum. One is um, you mentioned missions. We we have a, a, a area we go to in Dominican Republic. Mm-hmm. The gathering kind of helped start launch this a number of years ago, called uh, Mission Emmanuel. Awesome thing. I take guys every February, and then uh, twice a year we go to a monastery down in Kentucky. Um, called the Abbey of Gethsemane. We just took 12 guys there last weekend in July. I love that place. Thomas Merton's place. Thomas Merton's place. Love Thomas Merton. I'm booking my next trip Monday to go in last weekend in January. Awesome. Hint, Rick, you love Thomas Merton. I do. You I need to go with us. Except the last week of January, my new baby should be here. So, Well, hey, a good reason for you to not go. <laughs> right? <laughs> You'd be a wise man to not go. Uh, actually, that's probably going to be the uh, about its first week in the world, probably, if wow. everything goes as planned. So, Isn't that what you're uh, having? Uh, not yet. We'll find out next week. Oh, actually, so. exciting times. Yeah. Um, well, I know that one of the things that, that birthed the gathering and I've learned some from you and I've learned some from just reading about the gathering is initially that there was a real concern that men are not getting involved or not really being um, men they're not being men and and when I, I want to say uh, say this in a certain way I guess there's a difference between men that have be, that have uh, become a Christian by say they've given their heart to Jesus versus people who are being Christian actively. Like, and I really feel like maybe that's the best way to describe it because um, Brian Zahn, who we were talking about mm-hmm. this book a little bit, he, he says we spend way too much time on the focus of getting people to become a Christian and not enough time getting them to live mm-hmm. Christian, you know, mm-hmm. to getting them to live in Christian ways. And um, why do you think that men are not stepping up? Because to me that is so important and... 
Um, you read through the Bible, and you have a lot of men and women, but it seems like it's mostly men who are the movers and shakers, you know, because especially because well, they work. Time. I mean, not all women work. Some yeah, exactly. Home. In that time, and things have changed some, but it seems like the there's this complete flip. If you look in our churches, like who teaches Sunday school, who runs the programs, who did? I mean, who's I, there? Yeah, exactly. Period. Who comes? Period. It seems like women are doing that, and men have just kind of let that slide. So, what are some thoughts that you have? Maybe as to well, you know what's interesting that. about, uh, and I think you like this guy or know who this guy is, Ian Morgan Cron. Who's mm, yeah, he's author. been on the podcast. Oh well, yeah. that, wow, yeah. that's cool. Ian's yeah. great. I know Ian from way back when with Young Life. He was on Young Life staff for a lot of years. But um, I just saw yesterday he posted a definition he came up with for the word Christian. Mm. And it said a Christian is someone who loves Jesus and loves the things Jesus loves. Mm. And I love, I mean, you know, I'm not a big fan of the word Christian anyway. I think we've kind of cheapened it so much, and that's why I tend to use the term follower of Christ. But mm. for the term Christian, I really like that definition. And yeah. you'll find people, and I think, you know, we were talking politics a little bit before we got on here from the Clint Eastwood thing last night. I think... We live in this culture where, and this goes against what some people say. I think st- still people are attracted to Jesus. I don't. I think we think sometimes their people are not, but they want to love Jesus, but they may not want to love the things Jesus loves, mm-hmm. and we'll make it whatever we want it to be. And you know, we live in this kind of smorgasbord, uh, smorgasbord, not board. Um, <laughs> that'd be Star Trek. The that'd board. Be, yeah, you know. that'd be a different thing. Which that you could probably talk for a while about. Smorgasbord. It's related to Star Trek and stuff. You would probably go for a while about that. I but um, I think we we uh, we want to pick and choose our spot. And um, if we love the things Jesus loves, our lives would be radically different. And I think we guys, you know, you, you, I've seen it in books. William Bennett's written some great stuff. Patrick Morley. Guy named Kent Hughes, Robert Lewis, some of these guys really understand men and write about it very well. Um, and I think what happens is guys will spend a ton of time working out their plan uh, for work, especially if they're an employer, small business owner, whatever. They'll work on a great plan for physical activity, working out, marathons, whatever. Um, and even a woman or the man, sometimes with a husband and wife team, they'll spend a lot of time planning their vacation. Mm-hmm. They plan any time on their relationship with the Lord on being a husband or, or father, um, being involved in the community. No, those are very secondary things. And mm-hmm. we're so quick to talk about what we don't have time for. Yeah. Loving Jesus and loving the things he does, we don't have a lot of time for that sometimes. It's, it's let's go do this. And a lot of the things are good things, but the enemy of the best, as they say, is the good. Mm-hmm. And we just don't sell out to the best things. That's um, very true. Jesus just doesn't get our first fruits. Yeah, that's very true. I, I've been real concerned you know, through the years as I look at, participation in things and not just church but you know things that I feel like the body of Christ should be about and I really do feel like oh, by and large men are are not stepping up and and doing that and not being a part and I also see um, and maybe this stems from some of it men have trouble being in relationships with other men the statistics and, and say one that. in fact we this is talked about all the time in fact somebody contacted me yesterday and wanted to know where I got this statistic and I said it's in one of two books um, and then I don't know where they got it from, but the statistics say that one in ten men have a friend. Hmm. When I bring that up, I have never, ever had anybody say they think that statistic's too high. Hmm. I've had people say it's, no, no, excuse me, I've never had anybody say, yeah, I've never it's had, too low. Yeah, yeah. They, they, say it's, they say it might be, they say it might, might be too high, I don't think it's too low. That, hmm. you know, husbands will have a wife maybe they're close to. Mm-hmm. You know, statistics will speak clearly against that as well. But, um, you know, a wife is not the same thing as a friend. I mean, she maybe could be your best friend. You could be close to her or whatever. But men need to relate to other men. They'll have golf buddies. They'll have fishing buddies. They'll have a guy they work with. But who are they sharing the intimate details of their life with? 
That just usually doesn't happen. In fact, one of the guys, Ron Shoemaker, who's gotten real involved in the gathering, he coined the phrase that what we need is a 2 a.m. friend. Mm. And that's really resonated. Guys grab hold of that. And yeah. um, I've had a number of guys who have either said, I never had a 2 a.m. friend uh, prior to the gathering, and now I do. Or they'll say, you know what? I don't have a 2 a.m. friend. I don't have a friend. Mm. Guys who are sharp. I mean, I'm not talking about some guy who you're like, yeah, yeah he didn't have friends, and there's a reason why. These yeah. are sharp guys, and they're just like, I don't have a friend. So I think yeah. the relationship thing, that's one of the things we really try to offer through these locker rooms, through some sports you know, game outings, concerts, whatever the case may be, just very social. And um, can we can we clarify the 2 a.m. friend? I, I assume you mean by that someone that you can call at 2 a.m. Yeah. because if there's a need, they're there. They're there. Gotcha. You know they're there. Uh, yeah. Someone at, at all costs is there for you there. And, you know, part of it, a lot, a lot of times what we want, and this is beyond men, but truly it applies to men too. Sometimes we think someone who's your friend is t- tells you how great you are, everything you do is hunky-dory, you're great. They don't challenge it. The closest friends in my life are people, two things. One, we really have a bigger purpose than that relationship. And we're, we're very real and vulnerable with each other in a way that challenges to, us to grow. I mean, like I said about you earlier, my respect and appreciation and my desire even to be around you grew tremendously through your challenges several years ago because you were vulnerable. Everything wasn't just great. And I saw a new, real, vulnerable side with you. And I'm like, wow, I'm drawn to that. And uh, I just think we need to be that. You know, John Acuff had a great blog post last week about why Christians are fake. Hmm. And talking about how we always have to act like we have our A game. And he goes, yeah. if you live like that, you always have to have a victory. You hmm. can't ever have defeat. Well, who wants to live like that? Yeah. I don't know about you. I got defeats. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Well, I, I just, I told you before the podcast, I just got back from Nashville a couple days ago. And I spent some time with two incredible Andrews. One was Andrew Peterson. The other was Andrew Osenga. And uh, from both of them, and, I, and we weren't all together at the same time. It was different occasions of being there. Um, but both of them were talking about as, as not only songwriters, um, they do their best work as writers when they can go to their other friends who are writers mm. who will be honest with them and tell them, uh, you, you know, in loving ways what needs to what needs help you know and, and Andrew Peterson said um, and he was speaking of his two guys in his band the captains courageous have Ben Shive and um, Andy Goldhorn and he, he even one of his new songs is about a time when they carried him through something and he said these are guys I trust he said because it's not just that they'll be honest with me he said because you can be very honest but really wound a person mm. by being honest but if you can come to someone who is invested and really loves you and wants the very best for you and then can have them be honest, whether it's a new song I'm writing or whether it's life and a choice I'm making or something, it makes all the difference. And, uh, well, you I know, think, a, a, great, yeah. a great example of that, real quick, not to cut you off, Rick, but no, no, a great no, no, example no. of that was about a year ago, I had a meeting with one of my board members who's a good friend and another guy in the community who's a good friend. And I'll, I'll say them by name so they get props here, but uh, Landon Wade and Tom Rue. And they met with me at Panera, and they wanted to challenge me on something. And it was really neat towards the end of our time. Of course, initially I was a little wanting to be a little defensive, and then sure. God kind of broke through and dealt with that. But at the end of our time, they said, Jeff, here's what we want for you. We want you to be the best Jeff Pinkleton you can be. Mm-hmm. We're not looking for you to be Harvey Hook or somebody else we're trying to create. We mm-hmm. want you to be the best Jeff Pinkleton you can be. Well, that comes sometimes with tough love. Yeah. But the beauty of it was... I'm 42 years old. There was a lot of freedom in that. Like, wow, I can be me. Hmm. I don't have to be, you know, this whatever you want me to be. I can right. be me. And, I mean, it was like the weight of the world fell off my shoulders. It was 
like I totally felt loved and I can be me. And mm-hmm. you would think I kind of know that or understand that. It was like earth shattering. I mean, it was, yeah. it was powerful stuff. So we have, we have trouble being ourselves for sure. Yeah. Cause... Well, and people that want the best for us and want us to bring out our best and be excellent, there's going to be some tough stuff that happens. And mm-hmm. you can't just be your best by telling everybody how great they are. I mean, that's not going to happen. Definitely. Status quo. Well, that, that was one thing, you know, even last night when we talked about Clint Eastwood, I told you at the very end of his speech, he said something that was kind of derogatory towards both candidates and the way they've been so negative with their ads. And I thought, it's interesting that you would come to someone's event and criticize them for, um, you know, and I thought, you know, really that's the job of the church. I mean, that really is what Christians should be to one another in some ways, to lovingly come in. Because he was there as a supporter, and yet at the same time to be able to come mm-hmm. in and actually be able to make a remark. And our, all of us, our natural instinct is to get defensive, and we're like, oh, I can't be right. But then, um, you know, to, to ask the question, Lord, is there any truth in what's being said oh, here? Big time. And you can't do that unless you're actually close with a person. I mean, it's really hard to be able to, to come uh, to a person with no relationship uh, because otherwise, it's like, well, what do you know? You're not, you don't have anything invested in this. So. Well, it's kind of like that movie. I, didn't, I haven't, still haven't seen it yet, but that documentary that they did on was it HBO or whatever Band of Brothers. Yeah. I mean, to have a Band of Brothers, you have each other's back, but you don't just automatically have somebody's back without there being time invested, some real challenges to live through some things together to sure. see a cause bigger than yourself. You know, the list goes on and on. Hey, everybody. Sorry for the crazy interruption right there, but actually in the middle of the interview, my memory card ran out of room. So I had to stop the recorder really quick and uh, get some more memory, and then we started the interview again. That's actually crazy because I ran out of batteries once, tried to edit that out, and then ran out of memory cards. So here's the rest of the interview, and sorry for the craziness. This is the third time we've had to stop recording. Uh-huh. I just asked. It's called me talking too much. <laughs> no, it's the the memory card was getting full, and uh, so we've run out of batteries. We've run out of memory card space, so I had to make some new space on the drive. Uh, but I just asked Jeff uh, some questions about some ways that he's experienced God working in the lives of men since he's been working with the gathering, and uh, and then maybe you could tell us some ways that people can get involved because the gathering is a national thing, and if you don't live in Springfield or Dayton, you can still be a part of it where you are. Sure. Um, I, yeah, I think as far as um, speaking to guys' lives change, I just think like there's a guy who recently came to Christ after our breakfast. I think it was April 11th. He decided to submit and surrender a guy named Trent Gillum. And, uh, you know, it's it's kind of what we're talking about before. I think so much of where guys either have success, don't have success, is being able to honestly look in the mirror mm-hmm. and say, here's where I am. You know, the DTR defined a relationship by what God sees, not what we see, not pump ourselves up and we're doing better spiritually or better in our marriage or better in our relationships than we think. And, and Trent's just done a great job of that. He's put himself into a, a relationship where he's meeting with uh, one of our board members, Ray Willis, one-on-one for discipleship. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's meeting now in a locker room group with a group of guys going through the book, Not a Fan. He's He called me the other day. He was at lunch and he was reading about forgiveness uh, devotionally and, and, and reading in the word about forgiveness and then kind of saying, Jeff, so do you have a tough time forgiving people? And just asking mm-hmm. innocent questions like that and wanting the answer and wanting to dig deep and just, you know, really thinking about family and, and being the best father he can be and husband and just want God to transform every area of his life. And he's a good guy. He's a likable guy, but that didn't change the fact he saw a need for a Savior and a Lord. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, we're, we've been really blessed. You know, Scott Griffith, who runs the, the Lees in the area, seven of those, he's been just a tremendous testimony. And it's all about are we going to put ourselves in situations where we'll grow We'll flourish, mm-hmm. 
God can have his way with us or are we going to think we can do it on our own? And yeah, I'll check out Sunday when I can and I'll uh, you know pray a little quick prayer here, but I'm going to go do my own thing and yeah. God, you catch up. It just isn't going to work. Yeah. Um, and I guess as far as you know, other details. I mean, I'm you know I'm on Facebook and try to communicate a lot that way. Our national website is thegathering.org, and it leads to all the other cities that have gatherings. Springfield's linked on there, and then our local one, which is being updated right now, gatheringmiamivalley.com. Okay. Um, yeah. So. And I, I the gathering does some neat events here in town, and you know one of the one of the neatest ones was uh, having Jason Gray, who's also been a, a guest on this show, and. Just such a, a super nice guy, and uh, Jeff does great events. It's always good for stuff sure. for the community, and I feel like there are always things that are not just good events. I feel like they have benefit beyond what the event is, you know? Hopefully no reason to do it otherwise. Yeah, exactly, and so that's what I really appreciate about it. It's not just that we're going to come in and have a concert and be done. It's over. That Hopefully this is a way to actually establish some real relationships and ties. So uh, I'd encourage any listeners, especially if you're, you're men out there and um, – you know, you're looking for somewhere to connect. Maybe you have not uh, got one of those 2 a.m. friends. And <laughs> maybe you can look into the gathering in your area if, if that's a place you want to go and actually find a place to meet other men and where you can kind of feel safe, too, to be able to do that. But, you know, don't you're not going to get together and hold hands either. You know, it's not exactly. it's, a, it's a guy's group. So Or if, uh, if you're a listener and you're in a community where there's no gathering, we're looking to be in other cities. So it, yeah. it would not be that... Uh, in the big scheme of things, it would not be that difficult to get gatherings going in other cities. It's kind of like with us. You just have to find the right person who really loves something like that, wants to see men, three words I use, to reach men, build men, grow men, um, and who have a desire for that. and have You, know, you need to be pretty connected in your community. Mm-hmm. But I mean, we, we're, we're looking to be in, we'd love to be in 50 cities by 2020. There goes so, the buzzer again. There goes the buzzer again. So <laughs> we're in 13 right now, and if we can grow by 2020 to be in 50 cities, that'd be great. So That's we're great. But God feels called to, to the cause of reaching men for Christ and growing them. And, you know, our little tagline is uh, developing mature reproducing disciples. Um, mm-hmm. Orlando is a nice place to go visit and mm-hmm. meet with our um, headquarters and, and see about getting gatherings going in other communities. All right. Well, Jeff, it's been a pleasure. I, again, I encourage you to go to the, it's gathering.org, mm-hmm. right? The, gather, the, the gathering.org. The gathering.org. We're gathering and, money uh, Learn more about this. If, uh, if you're a man or if you think and you're listening to this, maybe there's somebody in your life, maybe a husband, a brother, whoever, and you're just thinking, you know what, maybe they could use some connections like mm-hmm. this. Um, get them involved uh, with the gathering. So, Jeff, thank you for bringing one of the voices in my head this thank week. Thank you, Rick. So that was my interview with Jeff Pinkleton. I encourage you to check out The Gathering. They have all kinds of sites online. That's about all I got today. I've got just a few more minutes now until I start my interview with Brian Zahn, which I'm really excited about. Uh, You guys, if you have not read Brian Zahn's books, Unconditional, Beauty Will Save the World, or one that I have yet to be able to read, uh, What to Do on the Worst Day of Your Life, they are well worth your time. Um, I have read them and reread them. Uh, at least unconditional and beauty will save the world. Uh, I've underlined, I've highlighted, I've dog-eared pages, I've gone back again and again. It's really shaping my thoughts and helping me to think 
in more Christian ways and uh, think about what it means to follow Jesus and to be more faithful doing that. So uh, I encourage you, check out Brian Zahn's books and then uh, come back here next week to hear the conversation with Brian Zahn. Thank you again to Jeff Pinkleton for being on here today. Thank you for all of you listening here each and every week. Uh, I'd love to hear from you. So send that feedback, uh, go to iTunes, leave some comments, and uh, we'll see you next week. God bless. You've been listening to Voices in My Head, the official podcast of Rick Lee James. If you'd like to know more about me, my ministry, my music, my life, go to my website at rickleejames.com. You can also download my free mobile app from iTunes and on the Android Marketplace. And I'd love this to be a community experience, so if you call 937-505-0162, you can leave feedback, you can give me suggestions for future shows, you can even record comments that I can play on the next podcast. So let's make this something really great together. 937-505-0162. Thank you so much for listening to Voices in My Head, the official Rick Lee James podcast. God bless.